Yesterday, how many people were uh, here at uh, something called the Great Giveaway yesterday? Yes? It uh, was an absolutely awesome, uh, awesome day, and um, so excited about uh, what God did yesterday. Specifically, we'd been planning and preparing, uh, praying for about 600 people to come. Uh, that would be about 150, 200 people more than we had the year before. And uh, according to our best uh, count, we had uh, just a little bit over uh, 800 people in attendance yesterday at the Great Giveaway. And uh, this is one happy dude right there. <laughs> he was uh, very excited to walk home with uh, a very nice 60-inch uh, TV there. But uh, it was such an amazing day just to see not just the amount of people, but even the conversations taking place of like, why are you guys giving this stuff away for free, and what's, what's up with that? And it was just so awesome to be able to tell people, hey, God's been generous to us. We want to be generous to you. We're thankful that you came. Let us help you, you know, carry anything you might need to your car. Uh, I know for me personally, I was uh, so encouraged to see the amount of people in Genesis that were there serving. Uh, we're a church of about 150, 175 people, and uh, there was right around 100 people here yesterday at 7 a.m., didn't leave until 2, 3 p.m., uh, organizing, setting up, you know, interacting with people, and then cleaning back up. I mean, that's an amazing turnout of volunteers to come and serve yesterday, and not just yesterday, but this took us months to get ready for yesterday. So I wanted to say thanks to all of you uh, for serving. Uh, we have no idea what God's going to do with an event in a day like this, but we trust that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds times over, seeds got planted. Um, it's hard to just pick on one person, but I wanted to invite Tracy Alexander to come up, if you would. Um, this is uh, the third year that Tracy uh, has led uh, the great giveaway, and each year it just gets bigger, it gets better. And so, Tracy, I just wanted to say thank you uh, again uh, for uh, serving and doing it uh, with joy in your heart. Uh, she gave up not just, obviously, her day yesterday, uh, but uh, countless hours and evenings and uh, just doing all that you did to keep in touch with people, to encourage people, and obviously to organize um, the whole thing. So <laughs> this is a small expression of our thanks to you, but we wanted to send you uh, with some cash in hand as well uh, to go see the Boston Red Sox. So we got two tickets for you to go see the Red Sox, and uh, this is uh, not... I know it looks real, but uh, that's some money for you uh, to enjoy an evening at Fenway. And I'm sad to hear that your husband is even out of town the night of this game. So all bidding has now opened for who would like to go with Tracy. Uh, they're going to go see the Detroit Tigers, uh, not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. So if you would like to go with Tracy, become her best friend after service. So. Tracy, seriously, thanks for doing everything that you did. It was awesome. Genesis Kids, you guys are dismissed to go have an awesome time back with your teachers at Genesis Kids. Everyone else, just take a minute or two, stand up, and say hi to some folks around you. How are you guys? I'm Michael. How are you? Good. What's your name? I'm Beth. Beth, good to meet you. Thanks for coming. Can I get you some more coffee? Yeah. You're like, it'll be a
Good. We're talking church discipline? Yes. I was talking about how I brought Kadoba into the. Oh. <laughs> Once again to Genesis, my name uh, is Michael, I uh, serve here as uh, the pastor of Genesis, super excited that uh, you are here today, uh, special welcome if uh, you're here for the first time, maybe you uh, were one of the 800 plus that came yesterday and you just came back today to kind of check out uh, what this church is like and what we're all about, so want to say thanks to you for coming. Um, how many people like movies here? All right, I just, how many people like movies, right? Okay, it's okay, you can like a movie. Um, not all movies, just some. Um, I, love, I love movies, and uh, certainly there's always kind of the entertainment factor. Uh, sometimes it's fun just to veg out for two hours and be entertained by sometimes a pointless movie. But uh, I like that, but more than anything, I love movies where I get really drawn into the character. Uh, and there's a couple movies that, uh, for me, that's really happened. I remember the movie Goodwill Hunting. Uh, just got really drawn into the character played by Matt Damon. And I love when you just get drawn in. And uh, I don't know if anyone has this phrase. I haven't heard it before, but I call it character relatability factor, uh, where you can really connect with the character. You see some of your story in their story. And as it unfolds, you're like, wow, that's how I did it, or you, you connect with that person because they're going through what you went through or what you're currently going through. And so it's, it's engaging to watch. Now, how many people saw The Avengers? Okay. Well, I was one who uh, contributed to the $1 billion that uh, this film has already grossed. But I found it very interesting as I was watching this film. I'm not like a huge fan of like the, the comics and things like that, but it looked like an entertaining movie. And it just happened to be 10.45 at night. And I was like, sure, why not? Um, so I went to the Avengers with some friends from church. And uh, I found myself strangely relating with and connecting with some of the characters. So here's some of the characters for you. This guy, his name is the Hulk. And uh, I just kind of was watching him. He's a normal dude, like kind of funny. The Bruce Banner character, smart, witty, you know, engaging. But then if you just you irritate him a little bit, he turns green. I was like, dang, that's sometimes what happens to me. I got a little green in me, and I'm sure you could probably relate as well. Look all normal on the outside, but when someone says something, does something, cuts you off, you know, a little green comes out. Uh, I didn't actually ever hear of this next character, but this character, his name is Hawkeye, and Hawkeye, was a, he's a good dude. He is a, a good superhero, kind of knows the right thing to do, and, and does it. He's, he's fighting for the, for the right team, and but Hawkeye, he gets messed up early on in the movie. The bad guy, I don't know, kind of puts him under a spell or a trance. And all of a sudden, the good guy, Hawkeye, is wanting to do the good thing, but he can't. He's under this, this trance of sorts. And I'm watching him like, totally been there as well. Of I know the good that I want to do, but for some reason, I don't carry out that which I know I really want to do. This next character, I don't know why so many people like this guy. His name's Tony Stark. Uh, a.k.a. Iron Man, and uh, one of the most cocky, arrogant, egotistical dudes in the whole film, but people love him. And as I was watching kind of his character unfold, I'm like, he's doing a lot of the things that I often think about. And I don't know if you've seen the film, but you, he's just so consumed with self. Uh, and as I, if I was honest with myself, it's so easy for me to say, gosh, he's so arrogant and lets everyone know it, uh, but how, internally speaking, I can be the same way. This next character, I wouldn't say I have anything uh, to do with Thor. He's uh, some, some god from another planet. I can't totally connect with that. Um, but I went through a phase in my life when, <laughs> when I wanted to be Thor. So this photo was taken in about 1998, and uh, this was my best attempt. Uh, 
Just so you know, that's the real deal. That is real hair. Uh, I cut my hair shortly thereafter, uh, and it was like a 14, 15 inch long ponytail. So no connection really with Thor, but when I saw him, I was like, hey, I remember that. And then the last character is you're watching this film, Captain America. And Captain America, he's like, he's the stud. He's the hero. You know, he's Captain America. And then I was watching, I was like, I got nothing in common with Captain America. So anyways, I love films. I love stories, especially not just the entertainment factor, but I love stories where you get drawn in to the character. And today, I'm super excited because we're starting a brand new series And it's probably one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. It's the story of Jonah. And over the next six weeks, we're going to literally walk through this story of Jonah. It might be a story that some of you are familiar with, a story that you've heard about. But for me personally, I love this story for two reasons. Because I can connect with Jonah. I've got that, you know, relatability factor with Jonah. I can see a lot of myself in Jonah. Jonah's the guy who knew God, had a relationship with God, was walking with God, but when God told him to do something and made it crystal clear what he was supposed to do, Jonah's like, I'm out of here. He's like, I don't want to do that. And Jonah had different plans. And I have spent a better part of my life being that guy. And I can connect with that. I can relate with that. But when I read and see Jonah in this story, I'm reminded of, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that knows God, then hears from God, and then just does his own thing. So when I read this story, I can connect with the main character uh, in Jonah. But the second reason that I love Jonah uh, is what I learn about God. Now, it's safe to say we all have ideas. We all have thoughts. If I were to ask you, hey, when you think about God, what do you think about? We'd all have, well, I think God's like this, and I think God's like this. As we're walking through the story of Jonah, and just as I've read it a ton, uh, I'm learning so much about God. Michael, you thought I was like this, but I'm so much more. And so my heart for us as we would begin this journey and walk through this story together is not so much that you would just be like, yeah, I can totally see I'm like Jonah. I'm the man, I'm the woman who often runs from, from God. And you might be that same per- or that person now who's still running. And I do hope that this would be a place these next six weeks where you just you stop running uh, because God has something for you. But I honestly hope our testimony, a shared testimony, would simply be this. This is our God. I thought he was like this. But after walking through this story and seeing God interact with Jonah, seeing God interact with the city of Nineveh, that your testimony would be, I thought he was like this, but he's so much more. In fact, at the very end of the series, how we're going to end this six weeks from now, is I'm going to invite some of you to share some, some of your own stories, to share your own testimony of, I thought God was like this six weeks ago, but God showed me some new things. I've grown, I've learned, and I have a testimony of, this is my God. He was in my mind like this, but God has just opened my eyes and my heart to so much more. So let me... Uh, Uh, pray, and we're going to jump into really the one thing I'm excited to share with you today. God, thank you so much uh, for what you did in this place yesterday. It was so awesome to see so many people getting blessed, getting encouraged. Uh, God, I know there were tons of conversations that took place yesterday uh, in this place, and God, you brought a ton of people, and we just trust that many, many seeds got planted yesterday, and God asked that you would grow those uh, in your time, in your way. But God, for all the men and women that are here today, God, I I believe with all my heart you've brought every single person here that you want to be here right now because you have something for them. God, I love that you know us completely. You don't just know our names. God, you know our heart, our soul. God, you know fears, anxieties, worries, concerns that each of us have right now. So God, would you please be gracious once again to speak to us. God, that we could hear from you and understand, and that, God, you would give us the courage that we need to respond to you rightly in this place. God, we don't want to be the people that just keep running the other way from where you are, from where you're calling. So, God, as we begin this journey, God, I, again, you know our minds and what we think about you. I pray six weeks from now we'd have a new testimony of this is our God. He's not like I, he, we thought you were. You're so much more. So, God, would you bless us in this place today? We pray that, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 
Now, as we go through Jonah, um, you might be familiar with this story. Uh, you might be familiar with, you know, it's a guy, I think he was a prophet. God told him to do something. He didn't do it, so he ran the other way. God sent a really, really big fish. The fish swallowed him up. Jonah lived in the belly of a whale for, or the belly of a large fish for a few days. God strategically vomited Jonah up uh, three days later into the proximity of where God initially wanted him to be. Now, you might know the general storyline of Jonah, and as you hear that storyline, something that could derail your whole journey through uh, the journey over these next six weeks would simply be this, just disbelief. You'd hear this story of Jonah, and you'd be like, you know, this is a great story. I'm encouraged. It's fun to read. I like reading it to kids because they like fish, and this has got a fish in it. You might dismiss this story and say, you know, it, there is no way that this actually happened. You might come to the position or take the posture of, it's just, there's, the miracles in this story are just beyond believable. There is no way that a guy got swallowed by a large fish, survived in the, 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 the stomach of this fish for three days, and then was spit out. It's just, it's not possible. It's not possible. Well, as you read through Jonah, you're going to be amazed about the miracles you read about. Miracle after miracle after miracle. Jonah, when he is literally thrown overboard, as soon as his body hits the water, a storm that was terrifying everyone on board, a storm that was literally about to sink the ship, the storm stops. As soon as his feet, his body hits the water, calm seas again. That's amazing. I've already mentioned the big fish. As soon as he gets in the water, a big fish swallows him, digests him, lives in the belly, and spits him out three days later. Absolutely amazing. City of 120,000 people. Jonah goes to the city of Nineveh. That's where God told him to go. That's where the fish spit him out at. It tells, and we'll get there in a few weeks, but this entire city repented. 120,000 people. That would be like everybody in Woburn, everybody in Stoneham, everybody in Reading, roughly a hundred, maybe Winchester too, a hundred, all of those cities, everyone's saying, you know what? I'm done making life about me. I'm going to walk with God. That would be absolutely phenomenal to see four or five cities completely repent and turn to God. And this is exactly what we find in the story of Jonah, an entire city repents. So you read this story of Jonah, your head could be spinning with, it's just not possible, too many miracles. Now, if that's you, and you're like, again, I'll listen to the story, but I'm not going to believe it, my question for you would simply be this. Well, where do you stop? If you say that, you know what, it's just too impossible that this could actually happen, well, you, you're going to have a huge problem with the rest of the story of Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, because it's just laden with miracle and miracle and miracle after miracle. So if you stop it, if you say, Jonah, you can't believe it, well, what else will you pick and choose not to believe? How about the story of Moses? Puts his staff in the water, the Red Sea, God parts the Red Sea. You know how long it would take two million people to cross the Red Sea? That's what happened. That's amazing. Would you say, well, again, encouraging, inspiring story, but that's just not possible. Staff, sea parts, people pass on dry ground. How about this story? Maybe you didn't know this, but there was a man named Joshua, and Joshua was in a battle one day, and the day was coming to an end. And Joshua did not want the day to come to an end because he had not defeated his enemies yet. And so you know what Joshua does? Joshua prays to God, and he says this in Joshua chapter 10, start at verse 12. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajion. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped. Jumping down a little bit. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Verse 14. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being, Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. One day, I'm going to love to preach that. The audacity that this guy had to look at the sun and moon and say, God, stop the sun in its place. 
Moon, you stay where you are. Well, you could easily write that off and be like, well, that's just a story to teach us to pray for big things. It didn't really happen. Well, how about this story of a man named Elijah? He was a prophet of God. He's training his, his younger apprentice named Elisha. Well, while those two are carrying on a conversation, this is what happens. 2 Kings chapter 2. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Wow, that's a really encouraging story, and I think what we're supposed to take out of that is we're supposed to be really good friends, and maybe, you know, a chariot will appear, and we learn some lessons about friendship or something. It would be easy to dismiss, and this is just me picking a few miraculous events. What do you do with Jesus in the New Testament? A man who said he came from heaven, claimed to be God, miracle after miracle after miracle, said, people are going to kill me, but I will raise back to life three days later, and he does. So my big question for you, if you come to Jonah with a spirit or an attitude of, it's just too extraordinary, this is not an actual thing, then where do you stop? Now, the biggest problem, if you're kind of picking and choosing what you like and what you don't like, kind of like a cafeteria, I'll have some of that, but none of that. I like that, but don't give me any of that. If you approach that, that's your approach to scripture, well, then you've just made yourself the author. You've put yourself in the position where you've become the author of the story. And this is not your story to write. You and I, we are finite beings. God is an infinite being. No beginning, no end. He's eternal, all-knowing, all-powerful, good, holy, loving. This is not my story to write. So when I approach Scripture with Jonah, clever story, inspiring story, but didn't happen, I've just put myself in the position of, I am now the author of how this is going to play out. You, we can't do that. We're finite beings. God is an infinite being. And then secondly, if, if we approach Scripture like that, if we're reading Jonah and say, it's just not possible, what I would say to you then is, your view of God is way too small. And if you have a small view of God, you're going to have a hard time following a God you don't think that much of. You're going to have a hard time worshiping a God, being obedient to God, that at the end of the day, you don't really think too highly of question would be, could not God have prepared a great fish to be in the vicinity of a sinking ship to scoop Jonah out of the raging sea in order to transport him to the place where God ultimately wanted him to be? That, that's my question. My answer is, I, I hope so, because if God can't do that, I'm not convinced and I'm not even sure I want to follow a God like that. If God can't even control a large fish and can't protect someone inside that large fish and can't somehow direct that fish to the location where he wants Jonah to be, I don't know. I mean, if God is the all-powerful creator, it shouldn't be too much of a drain on his power to do something like that. Now, I'm not suggesting that understanding miracles is easy, but if you approach it and say, well, I just, I cannot possibly believe this happens. You've made yourself the author of a story that you're not meant to author, and your view of God is just super, super small. Because if you can't even control a fish, how is God going to get me to where he is? How could, I po how could God possibly orchestrate the events of my entire existence so that I would know him? that I would have a relationship with him, and that when I died, I'd go to be with him in heaven. Now, my hope as we go through this series is pretty simple, is your posture would be, wow, if, if God could do what he did in Jonah, I want to know this God. I want to know the God who not just does extraordinary things, but also God who does works through the ordinary ways. I want you to have a testimony. I want my testimony to be, I want to know this God. Now, as we begin, we're looking at one verse today, and I'm super excited about this one verse because 
I've, I've had some good time this week of really sitting with this story. And I'll be honest with you, I've, I didn't think about this until this week. When I approached the story of Jonah, I was always enamored with, wow, that's amazing. A fish, belly, vomit, and he's in Nineveh. That's fabulous. What a miracle that must what that is. But as I was praying and preparing this week, I felt like God brought my attention to a miracle I'd never noticed before. And now what I understand and what I see is, I think, the greatest miracle in the story of Jonah. And it's in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. And so we're looking at one verse today, and what I see is the greatest miracle in the whole story of Jonah. Jonah 1, verse 1 says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Now, some of you might read that up on the screen, you're like, huh, that's not all that impressive of a miracle. Read it again. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Now, maybe like you, I read it a couple times, I'm like, okay. And then I'll just be totally, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I saw what the miracle is is what God did for for Jonah. The fact that God initiated with Jonah, the fact that God allowed Jonah to hear his voice, that is absolutely mind-boggling to me. Because God is God, Jonah is not. The fact that God would initiate, would speak to Jonah in such a way where Jonah could hear him, could understand him, and could even know enough to make a decision of what he was going to do. The miracle that I see in in Jonah is simply this. God initiated with Jonah. God initiates with us. God allows us to hear his voice. Now, I think maybe you might be thinking, well, what's the big deal? God talks to us. Well, we kind of approached that with the attitude of, well, (laughs) that's normal. Why wouldn't God want to talk to us? I'm a pretty interesting guy. God wants to get to know me. I'm I'm pretty funny, pretty insightful. Why wouldn't God want to talk to me? See, I, I don't start with the posture of, of course, God wants to talk to me. God's really reorchestrated my heart and my mind to think, that is amazing that God would initiate with me. Because I know me. I know how rebellious I can be. I know how stubborn I can be. I know how proud I can be. Why would God, who is God, awesome, all-powerful, all-knowing, holy, righteous, good, perfect, why on earth would he want to initiate anything with me? Why would he want to initiate anything with Jonah? But the miracle I see in Jonah 1, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to go through this story over the next six weeks, We're going to learn a ton about Jonah and who he was as a prophet in Israel. And we're going to learn next week actually what God told him to do. But this morning, I just wanted to focus on what I see as an incredible miracle. And I want you to understand that this is the most amazing miracle that we could have in our life is that God initiates with you, is that God speaks to you. We're going to go through this story and you're going to learn a ton just by watching Jonah. You'll be encouraged, you'll be challenged, you'll be inspired. But more than anything, your view of God, I want your testimony to be, God initiated with me. God spoke in a way that I could actually hear his voice. Now my question would simply be this. Do you believe that God would actually initiate with you? Do you believe that God would actually speak to you? This is just like a one-off experience. That's Jonah. He's a prophet. This is old school. That's the way God did it. But do you believe that God would initiate with you, would speak to you in such a way that you could hear, understand, and respond to his voice in your life? Now, I realize maybe some of you would say, well, I don't even believe in God. I'm just kind of here because I'm curious. I'm wondering. So the thought of like God speaking, God initiating is so far beyond your your world of thinking because you're struggling to even realize, is God real? And if that's you, 
I'm really glad you're here today because I believe God's brought you here. But one of your main problems is going to be if you don't believe in God, well, your bigger problem is how do you answer questions like, well, why am I even here? Why do I exist? What is my meaning and, and purpose in life? And where do I get significance and value and worth? If we don't turn to our creator, we'll turn to other created things. And that's why there's so many people who are lost because they're turning to something less to find significance, meaning, purpose, value, worth, dignity, rather than looking to the one who created them. Again, I'm so glad you're here if that's you. But I believe you're here today because God's real and wants to open your heart and mind to who he is. And I'd want you to know this. God's initiating with you. God's speaking to you today. Now, some of you would say, well, I totally believe in God, but I just don't think God cares about me. I'm one of seven billion people on this planet. God's got greater concerns than to initiate with little old me. God's got greater concerns than to talk to little old me. I'm a nobody. God is indifferent towards me. Well, if that's you, I would want you to know God knows you. Not just your name, not just your address, not just your location. He knows you and he cares. And the story of Jonah, the story of scripture is a demonstration of just that God is not indifferent towards you. Some of you would say, well, I totally believe in God, but God knows my past. And because of my past, because of my, my sins, because of the amount of times that I just messed up and did my own thing, was hard-hearted and rebellious and just didn't care about God. God knows all of those things about me, and he's not interested in talking to me because he knows all my junk. He knows my sin, and just he knows it all. And because he knows it, you might believe God doesn't want to talk to you. Well, that's true. God knows everything about you, every thought, every motivation behind that decision you made. He knows everything. And you know what? He still loves you the same. He's a God who initiates and a God who is speaking to you. Some of you might be like Jonah, totally believe in God, but I just don't like what God's actually saying, so I stop listening. You actually believe that God did initiate with you. You actually have heard from God and that God wanted you to do something. But you got to a point where your heart just got so hard where you're like, I don't want to hear it anymore. And my hope for you today in this series is that there would be a softening of your heart. And God had to take Jonah through some extraordinary events to get his place to, to a place where his heart was soft. What I see in Jonah 1, 1 is the miracle of all miracles. A miracle that's greater than a big fish. A miracle that's greater than survival in the fish, a miracle that's greater than a city repenting. I see in Jonah 1.1 a miracle that God is initiating, that God is speaking to me. Why I love that this is a, why I even call this a miracle and why I'd even say this is such good news. And I really want you to hear this. This is such incredibly good news. Because if God has initiated with you, if God is speaking to you, do you know what that means? That means you're now free to live. You're free to live a life where you're not trying to live in such a way where God's going to pay attention to you. Where your decisions are not driven now by, well, I'm going to be really moral. I'm going to be on my best behavior. I'm going to go to church. I'll read my Bible. I'll be spiritual. I'll be religious. I'll be a good person in hopes that God might notice. There's a lot of people who live like that. They live their life in such a way where they're just hoping God's paying attention to what they're doing. And if he sees enough spirituality, sees enough morality, sees enough just being super religious, then maybe God will speak. Do you know the, the, the miracle of God initiating and speaking with us first? You are now free from that lifestyle of trying to Live in such a way to get something from God because he's already given it to you. He's already initiated. I know for me, I lived, again, a better part of my life, a very Jonah lifestyle, living in hopes that God would see the good things that I was doing. 
And I, I don't have to live like that anymore because the miracle of Jonah 1.1 is God's initiated with Jonah. God's initiated with you. God speaks. Now, when God initiates and speaks with us, this is evidence that God's doing something. Specifically, if God's initiating, if God is speaking, God's at work. God's doing something. God initiated, spoke to Jonah. Why? Because he had something for Jonah. He wanted to work in Jonah through Jonah. If God initiates and is speaking to us, that means God is at work in your life. Now, I can say with absolute confidence that all of you that are here today are in the midst of experiencing a miracle right now. And I would say that because God's initiating with you right as you sit here. God's speaking to you as you sit here. That's evidence to me that God is at work in your life right now. So the question that I want to spend just the next few minutes on is simply this. I, I believe with all of my heart, some of you may have woke up this morning and was like, yeah, I'll just go to church. No, I believe you're here because God's at work in your life. Some of you came yesterday and you might, you know what, I saw a free a sign that said free giveaway. Curious to go check it out. Well, may have been a sign that you saw, but I see if you came yesterday, that's evidence that God is initiating with you, that God is speaking, that God is at work in your life. And for all of us who came here, you might think, well, you know what? I go to church every single Sunday. That's just my routine. That's just what I do. Not today. I believe with all of my heart that you're here today because God's initiating with you. God is speaking to you. So the question for you then is this. What's God saying? What is God saying to you today? If you're here, it's because God's initiated with you. You may have saw a sign. You may just got up on time. Whatever it is, you're here because God's initiated with you. And if he's initiated something with you, God's speaking. So my question for you is this. What is God saying to you? Not yesterday, not last week, not what do you hope God's in this moment in time, in this space. What's God saying to you? What is God saying to you about you? What is God saying to you about himself? Now, I realize it's kind of, maybe for some, super hokey question. I, I don't know. I've, I've never heard God's voice. Well, I will be the first to say, I've never audibly heard God's voice. Like, you can hear my voice right now. I've never heard God's voice like that. I've met a lot of people who have told me, Michael, sounds crazy, but I've heard from God. I, I heard God's audible voice. What did he say? Well, he said this. I was like, wow, that's pretty consistent with what God says in Scripture. So I don't, I, I believe, I believe Jonah heard an audible voice from God. I've, I've heard God speak in all sorts of different ways. God can speak through dreams. God can speak through circumstances of the day. But some of you, as I'm asking this question, what is God saying to you? Well, I don't know. How do I actually hear from God? I'm going to give you the ways that God has generally spoken to me. This is not an exhaustive list, but here is how God has spoken to me, Michael Davis. Number one, I would say, is through Jesus. God has spoken to me most clearly through my relationship with Jesus. This is what uh, Hebrews actually says, chapter one. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. That's Jonah. In the past, God spoke to us through prophets such as Jonah in different ways, like, say, burning bushes. Verse 2, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word, after he had provided purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. God speaks to me through my relationship with Jesus. Most clearly, that's how God talks to me. As I walk with Christ, I hear from God. 
Michael, this is the direction I want you to go. This is the path I want you to take. This is what I want you to talk about. As I grow in that relationship, again, it's not an audible voice. I've not heard an audible voice. But God speaks directly to my heart. Another way that God speaks to me, and it's a primary way that God speaks to me, uh, is his word. Through his word, through Christ. Secondly, through his word. I love this verse in Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I read my Bible every day. I don't say that to impress you because it's really not all that impressive. Anyone can read their Bible every single day. I read my Bible every single day because I love hearing from God. When I, when I open scriptures, God talks to me. I, when I read scripture, God speaks. And for the very reason of Hebrews 4.12, why? God's word is... It's living. It's active. The Spirit of God has breathed life. It's not just words on paper. God's, when we read Scripture and sit in Scripture, meditate on Scripture, memorize Scripture, that's one of God's ways of speaking to us. Now, I've never read Harry Potter, but I've met people who have read Harry Potter, and they've read it, you know, twice, maybe three times. I've met some hardcore people who have like, you know, four or five times. I've never met someone who... Their daily diet is they just read Harry Potter every single day. It's, it's maybe an entertaining story. It's got great characters, that kind of thing. But it's not a book that you can read every single day. Why? Because it doesn't speak to your heart and soul like God's Word does. And why does God's Word speak to my heart and soul? Why do I hear God's voice? It's living. It's active. Can't tell you how many times I've read the most familiar verse to me in Scripture, John 3, 16, I'll go back and read it the next day, and I'm like, it's amazing. I, I never thought of it like that. Well, how am I thinking that? Well, God's speaking to me as I read Scripture. Another way I would say, through, through my relationship with Jesus, through sitting with God daily in his word, and then thirdly, I'd say just through prayer. And I would say specifically about prayer, a very small, still voice. Again, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Some of you have. I would celebrate that but through a small, still voice. God, in conversation with one of his prophets, uh, Elijah, I love this interaction in uh, 1 Kings. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mount in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And you can only imagine Elijah's response. He's like, wow, this is it. This is the moment I've been, like, this is the prophet, like, holy grail. I'm going to see the Lord pass by. And I can imagine Elijah is like, wow, what's it going to look like? How's it going to happen? And he's looking for the extraordinary thing to happen. And this is what happens. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. You can kind of, gosh, that was a crazy wind. God wasn't in that. Okay, I just saw an earthquake. God wasn't in that. Goes on to verse 12. After the earthquake came, a fire. You have to be thinking Elijah's like, all right, sweet. Wind, earthquake, fire. This is, this is it. God's going to pass by. I'm going to hear God. I'm going to see God. And the Lord was not in uh, the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. I love it. God speaks to me, and I would venture to say, would speak to you, not in God can speak in the extraordinary, absolutely. But I believe God speaks to us in the ordinary. It's in the gentle whisper. I've met people before, like, I want to hear from God, I want to hear from God, and they're doing all this crazy stuff trying to get God to speak to them. And they're missing hearing from God because they're just not silent. God was speaking, they couldn't hear it. It's in the gentle whisper. And then lastly, and this is not my exhaustive list, but I'd simply say this, through community. God speaks to me through Christ. God speaks to me through his word. God speaks to me through prayer, that gentle whisper. And then fourthly, God speaks to me through community. I can't tell you how many times and how many testimonies I have of this community, of God speaking to me through you. It's so awesome 
to know that God speaks to me, that I can hear his voice through you all. And this is why for me, it's crucial to be in community. That's why at Genesis, we make a super big deal about being in community group because we believe God speaks to us in community. Now, clearly God can speak to you one-on-one, but another way I hear from God is when I surround myself with some other people who are pursuing God, who are walking with God. That's why it's a non-negotiable. I need to be in community. Not because I'm trying to be spiritual or religious. I want to hear from God. I want to grow. And if I can be a voice of God in someone else's life, icing on the cake. Jesus, his word, prayer, a gentle, still voice, and then just being in community. Please don't, that's, I would never limit of this is the only way God can speak. He can speak however he wants to speak, and he speaks in a variety of ways. But in my experience, this is how I've heard God's voice. Now I bring it back to you. What is God saying to you? I've given you some ways of how we hear from God. But I honestly believe in this moment right now, God's speaking to you. He's initiating with you. What is he saying? Now, as I finish here, I think most of us, a lot of us, might, we think we hear from God that, you know what, God's just kind of shaking his head up in heaven at me. He's just, he's just disappointed You might be here for the sole purpose to hear me say this, that what God wants you to hear today is that he loves you. That's it. And that should cause pause in your heart to know, wow, I can't believe God, being God, God knowing all of me, has still declared his love, his affection, and has demonstrated his love for me in Jesus. You might be here today because you have lived under the lie for far too long that you are just some big failure, disappointment in the eyes of God. And what God brought you here today, maybe brought you here yesterday to come today, is so you would hear God speak to you, and I love you. Not for what you've done and not for what you haven't done, but I love you. Where you are as you are, and his love at work in our life takes us to where he wants us to be. Some of you might say, well, okay, God's, it's kind of like a parent. They got to love their kid. It's a rule. It's, God's got to love me. Well, maybe what God is trying to speak to you today is simply this. I do love you, but I want you to know I like you. You'll connect with this if this has been your story, but I mentioned it earlier. Part of my story was I just, when I considered God, I just felt like I was such a disappointment to him just felt like I was always messing up. And I just got the finger of God in my face and that disapproving nod of God's head. Michael, I like you. I want to have a relationship with you. Not because you're spiritual, not because you're moral, not because you think you've done something, but because I'm God and that's who I am. I'm a God who loves. I'm a God who likes relationship with you. Maybe, God, what he wants you to hear today and maybe why you're here today is to hear these words, I forgive you. Too many stories of people who walk around with guilt and shame and condemnation. And maybe why God brought you today is simply to hear, I forgive you what you continue to relive, what you continue to beat yourself up with, what you will not let go of. God's saying, today's a day. Why? Well, because I forgive you. And if I've forgiven you, and more than that, if I've forgotten, stop reliving. What is it that God is speaking to you right now? Some of you, it could be Turn around. See, Jonah went one way, but God loved him enough to say, you think you're going that way, but I'm going to take you for a ride because I love you enough, I like you enough, and forgive you enough. I'm going to take you where I want you to be. 
And so some of you, what God might be speaking today is it's not too late. Turn around. The things that you are going to in life right now to find life, to find meaning, to find significance, to find just getting filled up are the very thing that is sucking the life out of you. And God, because he's kind and gracious, will tell you today it is time to stop. Don't go in that direction anymore. Don't walk in the direction where your life is getting sucked out from from you. God's saying, it's time to turn towards me and allow me, Jesus, to give you life. Will you respond? Jonah had a choice. We're going to look at verse 2 next week. We're going to see exactly what Jonah did. You today have a choice. You're here because God brought you here. I believe God's initiating with you right now, and I believe that God is speaking to you right now. You have a choice to say, you know, decent message, I'll consider it. I got other things to do today. Or you could say, my goodness, I just experienced a miracle at 12 o'clock, Sunday, May 20th, 16 Wheeling Ave, where I heard from God. That is amazing that any one of us could hear from God. And I believe he's speaking to you today. Will you respond? We're going to take time to worship. We're going to take time to celebrate communion. But in this time, we're going to give you the opportunity to respond to what God has been saying to you about you, what God's been saying to you about him. So in these moments, please respond. Some of you just need to respond simply because God's initiating a relationship with you. And it's time to drop the performance, time to drop the self-salvation and say, God, if you provided me a savior, if you provided a way for me to have a relationship with you through your son, not through works, but through Jesus, then I want to begin that relationship and I will confess Jesus as my savior, as my Lord, the one who makes me right with you. That's your decision today then you do that. Why? Because that's what God spoke to you. He initiated a relationship with you. You don't turn and go away from Jesus. You turn and go with Jesus. Father God, I give thanks for an opportunity like this today. God, I just uh, am humbled with this miracle that you would speak to us, that you would initiate with us. God, I believe that you've been, everyone that's here today, God, you've brought them here. God, that was your way of initiating with us. And God, I believe also that you've been speaking to each of us. God, the very word that you have impressed on our minds, impressed upon our hearts. God, whatever that might be, I pray that we would respond. I pray that we would not run. I pray that we would not ignore. I pray, God, that we would not neglect the very word that you're speaking to us. God, if there's someone here today that you've brought just because you want them to become a Christian, to become a follower of Jesus, I pray in this moment now, they would pray and by faith receive Jesus as salvation, as Lord. God, if there's anyone that's just walking their own way, doing their own thing, God, I believe you brought them here today in this moment to hear that word turn. To turn. God, I pray that if that's just for one or many people here, that you'd give us your spirit and grace and courage we need just to turn and turn towards you. God, thank you for initiating. Thank you for speaking. Give us your spirit to respond. I pray that, Jesus, in your name. Amen.